welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Yo. And this week, we gave Mike Ozipovich to the boot. Get out of here. Let's see you, Snicky. And uh, here we are, our Week 10 Dynasty Fantasy Football Week in Review. What did we learn? What is going on? How are we going to make our Dynasty teams better? There it is. Let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's go all the way back to last Thursday in that Browns-Bengals game. Our beloved Browns. Our beloved Browns. It felt like, you know, like about two weeks ago at this point. Man. It does feel. Those, that's the yeah. thing about Thursday. Then Sunday comes around, and you're like, hey, I can watch every team, but you're still like, ah, oh, it's not the same. Felt like a bye week, man. My wife's like, you know, since the Browns aren't playing, does this mean we can do some Home Depot stuff? And I'm like, hmm. Mm. You're still talking about my day. <laughs> uh, Sunday's a, kind of a my day. I'll, I'll get back with you on that on Monday. Yeah, we'll get back to that. So, yeah, the Browns. The Browns uh, looked impressive without any of their stars. I mean, I guess the only thing we want to talk about Browns would be their running back situation, really. And right now it's a three-headed monster. And we said last week that's, that's kind of like a situation you want to stay away with from. If you ended up starting any, any of the three, you know, they all got touchdowns, so you came away a winner. But don't look for that to happen every single week. Uh, I'd say moving forward long-term, even the rest of the year, I'd have Terrence West one, Ben Tate two and crawl three all very close there yeah it's gonna be week to week man it's pretty tough even uh the beat writer tony grossi came out and said that it, it might be a week to week type of thing with who gets the most carry hot hand yeah it's like a dice game which is terrible for any kind of fantasy value terrible yeah so it's gonna be tough to predict and um Stay away if you can. I mean, it's probably gonna be unavoidable at some point and uh for now it looks like west is on top of the uh on top of the depth chart. I'd say if you could trade Ben Tate, you know, in your dynasty league, I'd say do it because I really, I still, I, I swear, I think the Browns are going to release Ben Tate. He's not happy. I mean, today he came out and he pretty much said he wasn't happy. Uh, they, they have two good backs in Correll and West who they could pay less. You can always draft a, a running back later or sign somebody uh, for agency, but I, I don't see Tate being a Brown next year. And the big thing with that is once a running back hits free agency, it's like, hey, Nobody wants to pay you, and you're going to a running back by committee. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that um, they're just going to throw in the towel on the guy. But I mean, what Ter- about a napkin? Yeah, maybe a napkin. But Terrence West did a similar thing earlier in the year where he was kind of pouty at practice and stuff like that, and he that was why he got uh, the healthy scratch. And then you know they kind of gave this squeaky wheel a little bit of grease here. So maybe Ben Tate's angling for the same kind of treatment. Yeah, I mean, Tate's saying, hey, this is not what I signed up for. Right. I thought I was going to be the man. So who knows how the, you know, how the Cleveland Browns will react. They might end up giving the guy more carries this week yeah. just to kind of appease him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like Ben Tate. He's looked good. These last couple of weeks, he hasn't really looked that great. Um, can, but then the offensive line is just now starting to gel there as well. Right, uh, yeah, they got that, the new centers kind of finally starting to get with it a little bit. They're kind of getting some chemistry on the line again. What about Andy Dalton's poor performance? Does that worry you long-term? It doesn't really worry me long-term. I think that's what Andy Dalton is. I think he is not like an elite quarterback, so you're going to have clunkers like that around. He's slightly, he's a slightly above average quarterback. Right. You know, I saw a weird stat, and it had on there, and it compared Andy Dalton's first three years in the NFL 
in Peyton Manning's first three years in NFL. And Dolan exceeded Manning in every category. It's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, take that for what it is, though. I mean, it's just it's just numbers. I mean, yeah, numbers. You can trick them up to make them sound great, you know. Heck yeah, I can. But you, evidence is on the field. He's not a better quarterback, even if his numbers say so, than Peyton Manning. I mean, numbers don't lie. Yes, they do. They trick you. Yeah, I mean, so Dalton, long term, is he's always going to be. You know, the thing that you have that kills me about Dalton is he has so much talent around him, and he's still middle of the road. But he's only middle of the road or he's poor on a big stage, and then he's good everywhere else. Right. I mean, good for us. Our, our, your, your fantasy playoffs are, aren't during the NFL playoffs. Otherwise, he wouldn't be rostered. But long-term, I mean, this doesn't really scare me. It is. He's always going to be a QB, too. I know last year he finished as a number five overall uh, fantasy quarterback, and you're going to have years like that. He's, I think he's going to have a year. You know, next year he might be finished number five overall. I don't think he'll ever finish one, but he'll always be in the top ten. Uh, just because of the talent he has around him. Well, I think. I mean, I think you have to look at the offense that, that he's running this year too. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Jackson. Yeah, Hugh Jackson. He's a more run run oriented coach than uh, John or Jay Gruden. So, I mean, naturally his numbers are just going to dip a little this year because they're just not going to be throwing the ball as much as they were. So I'm not sure if we'll ever really get back to that top five with with uh, Jackson there in town. But I think he's going to be uh, QB two probably moving forward. That's how you got to think of him. Good bye week filler. Good, good injury week filler. Right. Yeah. You don't want him starting in your lineup every week though. Yeah. No. Not at all. I mean, Jeremy Hill didn't have a big game. Uh, you know, Geo's still the man there, but he's still going to. We we kind of we we talked about it last week when Hill went off that we he, we always kind of see now what it's going to kind of be. You know, it's going to be the one two kind of punch with Geo leading the charge. Uh, what about that? Uh, what what. Let's move over to that Packers Bear game. Wow. Okay. Um, Santonio Holmes got cut. Yes. He's out. Which is if your dynasty owner Marcus Wilson is finally getting ready to play here. Right. He's, which uh, he was on the IR designated return. Yeah. Right. So he's coming back. Reason they got rid of uh San or Santonio Holmes and you know, intriguing prospect Marcus Wilson. You know right. he's got the height. He's got the speed. And he was a big name before the year started as like on a sleeper list yeah. and. He's still going to be there. He was definitely hot in the you know the dynasty circles. Everyone knew his name and um, kind of like cheers. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he you know what did he? I can't remember what he injured even. Was it a collarbone or something weird? It's been so long. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. But he's back now. Um, and I don't know if you can necessarily. I mean, obviously you can't count on him right now in your lineup or anything like that. But. It's at least an interesting thing to to follow. The wa- the yeah, you want to watch and see how he's going to be used. Because, right. um, you know, you got Bennett there. You got Alshon there. You got Brandon Marshall. And, who? I mean, they're probably going to – we don't even know if they're going to blow that thing up next year. It depends how they finish the season. You know, they may have a new head coach coming in. We Who knows what's going to go on there. I mean, Cutler – Cutler's – I mean, he's somebody else that everybody went into the season was – Color was like a big sleeper candidate. Like, oh, you know, Color's have a really big year this year. Forte, Bennett, Marshall, Alshon. He's going to be a touchdown machine. And they started off that way. Yeah. And then he resorted back to exactly what he does, being an interception machine. Right. And Color, I mean, we can almost say the same thing about Color that we did about Dalton. He is what he is at this point. I mean, that's what he's going to be. He's going to get you big games, and then he's going to kill you with his interceptions. Yep. Uh, so, still, I mean, Color's a really good QB2, low-end QB1. Yep, that's how I see him, for sure. And Aaron Rodgers is disgusting and awesome. He's so awesome. 
Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, and when you're picking, I mean, you're picking hairs. I mean, you take I, again. I would just take luck strictly on age if I was playing, uh, you know, in a redraft, uh, not a redraft, but a dynasty startup league. I'm taking luck over Rogers. You know, talent wise, it's they're right there, and Rod, and luck probably will surpass Rogers by the time he's at Rogers' age. But I mean, right now, Rogers is the best quarterback in the in the NFL. Yeah, you can't really go wrong with either one of those guys, but uh, Rodgers is ridiculous. Six touchdowns before the half. Before half. Yeah. How, how'd that treat you this week? Um, yeah, thanks. I lost to a guy that had him and Marshawn Lynch playing and Philadelphia's defense. Oh, Philly's defense. I yeah. want to go there. I had an awesome week. Face, I faced Philly's defense three times yeah. in the league. I was up by 20. Yeah. I had an awesome week. I, sh- I would have beat everyone else in the league except for the guy I played. Is that the way it works, though? That's the way it works, man. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? That's what I was telling. Uh, I was telling somebody. It's like you just you have this year. Just so happens to be that year for me. And you see, it happens to everybody where you'll have the most points in the league, and then you're in like ninth place. I mean, I'm in a league like that. I'm in multiple leagues like that where I have the points for, and it's just like every week I play the guy that just has Philly's defense or. Aaron Rodgers or the week that Peyton Manning wants to throw seven touchdowns or Ben Roethlisberger throws six touchdowns. You know what I mean? It's just right. it's just one of those years, and you're going to have – if you play fantasy football and you're in enough leagues and you play a lot, you're going to have those years where you draft a really good team, and it doesn't even matter because your matchups are horrible. Your points for are the most, and then your points against are twice as much. Right, yeah. It stinks, man. That's why I wouldn't mind getting in, one, getting in a league. I know some leagues do this where they – the person with the most points gets in as a wild card in the in the playoffs, regardless of record. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting. I I think it's a I think it's a great idea, and it, it you know it rewards you for it rewards you for having the best team. I mean, you know, like the most points scored in the league, even though you're, you know you know you didn't actually have the one on one or win loss record. I mean, yeah. I mean, our one of the dynasty leagues we're in together. I'm in eleventh place, I and know. I feel I like that. and I feel like I have. The like my if I told somebody my starting lineup, people are like, "Wow, that's a really good team you got there." Well, I'm in eleventh place because no, nothing seems to be working out in my favor. It's just one of the, again, one of it's, years, it's transitioned yeah. over to my redraft leagues. It's in some of my dynasty leagues. I'm in first in one league, second in another league, a third, and then all the rest of them, I'm right there at the end. And it's just same thing. I'm just matchup nightmares. One one redraft league. It, I took Monty Ball, uh, Eddie Lacy first, Monty Ball second, Jordan Cameron the fourth. And that league, I'll admit that. That's all my fault. But the rest of the leagues, <laughs> not your are bad fault. News. Uh, not your fault. I'm sure everybody's uh, sick of hearing about my troubles over here, no. my dynasty year. And one, of, but I did have some answers. Like, hey, uh, are are you mad about this year the way it's going? I'm like, dude, it's, it's going to happen. It's just one of those years, man. I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. It's last year I won, you know, how many leagues and everything. So, uh, again, n- enough about me. Enough about you and your <laughs> crappy teams. Before I start crying over my, yeah. well, I'm taking advice from you. Your team's in eleventh place. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the pack. Yeah, Rogers looks great. Devontae Adams had a big. They they cut his production there this yeah, week. Right, right. I'm not worried about that either. Neither am I. What did he play? Like thirty percent of the snaps or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like thirty four percent right around right. there. Somewhere really low. But um, I mean, you would think in a game like that where they're blowing them out, they would get the rook more, but um. No, not the case. Not the case. Odd, but um, it is what it is. No. I love all. I mean, I really. I know. I know. We said it before, but I really do like a lot of these rookie receivers. Oh man. Uh, 
coming in here, and I know I we got a Twitter question about one or two that we'll get to. Uh, we'll do our Twitter questions here in about 15 minutes, but Devontae Adams, yeah, I mean, to cut back his snaps, who who knows? I mean, it could have been many reasons. The game plan called for it, a lot of different reasons, but. Uh, it's not something to worry about. I mean, obviously, Green Bay Packers have got an awesome offense. You want to get a piece of that, no matter where, where it is, you know, get a piece. Good of pie. The, yeah, get good a piece of that pie. Uh, really, the Bears is, aren't a bad offense either. I mean, save, you know, this past week to have a big piece of as well. So A lot to like in that game. I mean, uh, you know, fantasy-wise, people had a lot of shares in there, definitely. And do you still see Cobb leaving in the offseason? Because I still do. I know you have been all over that. I'm I'm not as, like, 100% sold on it as you are. Um, I think they can they can work their magic and get him to stay a little bit. Maybe like a shorter term, maybe two or three year deal. Yeah, I, just, I I don't see that. I just see him wanting to get paid, getting paid. Somebody's gonna pay him, and we'll see what happens. Again, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. It all depends where it goes, obviously. But I mean, it, he can either have somebody that really hurts his value, or. But here's the thing. Here's where I look at it too. Like his value is not gonna get significantly better. I don't see Cobb as a true number one receiver anywhere he goes. I think he's a really I think he's a good receiver. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good fantasy prospect. Yep. In the right situation. Yeah, we talked about this before. And he's right? in the right situation right, right now. And again, if he leaves, it just kind of it just it just worries me. It really does. It, unless he goes somewhere, like for example, say he does go to say Cleveland, for example, and he plays offset of Josh Gordon. He has Jordan Cameron. I I love that. I really love that. I mean, we see what you know, Andrew Hawkins could do in that situation. Uh, just imagine what Randall Cobb could do in that situation. Something like that, I would love compared to him going to Oakland and being like the only option in the yes. passing game. Yes, I mean his height and everything. It just I I feel like if somebody really targets in on Cobb, he can get beat up pretty easily, and he'd be one of those people that you're really frustrated with a I, lot. Yeah, so. I, understand, I understand that. I see what you're saying. Picking up when I'm laying down. Uh, Cardinals, Rams. I wrote about this in my column uh, that came out yesterday, the roundup. I, he, Michael Floyd was on my list of for redraft, people you can sit for the rest of the year. Uh, I had a list on there of saying, these are big names, but at this point, all they are are names, and you need to sit these people for the rest of the year. And Michael Floyd was on that list. Yeah, big names that'll lose you games at this point. Yeah, it's a good rhyme. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> it's got good logic, too, because uh, <laughs> the guy, he's just hard to rely on, you know? I mean... It, these past few, like, what has it been, two or three games that he just really put up? He's in like the, he's like the 75th fantasy receiver right. or something. I mean, right. it's just, I mean, John Brown is doing well there. Larry Fitz is Larry doing, Fitz. finally having a really good fantasy year exactly. here. Exactly, he came back, so, and it's kind of at the expense of Michael Floyd. It seems like you would think in a Bruce Arians, you know, pass-happy pass offense, they'd be able to support two, maybe even three, pretty decent options there as fantasy wide receivers, but it's looking like it's rounding out into pretty much Larry Fitzgerald and a little bit of John Brown, like kind of. It's a deep threat. He's that T.Y. Right. Hilton rolling there, right. and you've got you know, Ellington underneath. And Floyd, I mean, definitely early on, I mean, I, I was really focusing on I want to see what Floyd, I was really paying attention to him to see what, what he had, and I expected big things from this year. And he looks fat. He looked fast early. He looked explosive. He looked strong. And I was like, all right, this is it. He's going to have a really good year. And no, I mean it's just it's just not the case, and we'll right. see what happens when Drew Stanton comes in. Maybe a quarterback change changes some of that, but he was definitely on my list of big name people you want to sit rest of the year. I had him up there with Cordell Patterson, 
Marcus Colston, Wes Welker, Doug Martin, Chris Johnson, Vernon Davis, Cam Newton. Let me. What happened to Marcus Colston? Like the guy just like completely fell off this year. I it see to me it's not completely this year. To me, I've I've kind of seen this coming for like three years. It's kind of been like a slow, gradual descent yeah, for Marcus Colston. But, but it, it was been like, a bit. Of, it's a bad drop off. But it was year. like injury. I mean, that was like injury related stuff. Like this is like he can't catch the ball anymore. You know, like every time I every time I watch a Saints game, it seems like he's dropping a big ball. It's like a big like a first down catch. He's dropping. Nice, no, perfectly thrown ball by Drew Brees over his shoulder for like 30 yards. He just drops Drops it, it yeah. I mean, it just seems like, yeah, I don't know if the dude like lost the desire or he's just out of he's out of whack this year or what, but he seems like it completely fell off. Randall Cobb to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, sorry. yeah I mean, <laughs> I mean, Colson right now, I mean, if you could sell that name, I mean, he's definitely a sell candidate. He is, he is on his way to the glue factory. He's just about done. Like Matt said, he's over here dropping balls. Uh, his speed was never his biggest attribute anyways. No. It was always his hand and his body style that would go over the middle and get these balls, and now he's he's just not doing what he used to do. Right. And when you got Drew Brees, you have no excuses. Uh, Brandon Cooks looks great there, but, again, that's a, that's a real interesting story to follow in offseason, what the Saints do at receiver. Because they need a big receiver. Because Brandon Cooks will never be a true number one receiver. No. No. He's Yeah, he's he's more, I mean... He's more like the Deshaun Jackson type. Yeah. Which is. You know, he could turn into like a, which is really good, like a poor man's Antonio Brown. I mean, he's really talented. And Antonio Brown's a two. Antonio Brown is a true number one fantasy receiver. Yeah, I agree with that. And I guess in the NFL, he's a true number one receiver. Well, unless Martavis Bryant keeps catching touchdowns oh, at a okay. ridiculous rate. Oh, <laughs> another big touchdown he had. And yep. I mean, he just gets better every week. He's somebody I'd love. I'd do everything I could to try and get some of those shares of Martavis Bryant. Unfortunately, I mean, it's probably too late. You you know the best opportunity was before he started playing and putting up sick numbers. Off season might be a a, a nice when you start throwing draft picks and good names out there. But he's somebody. I mean, he looked great again. Yeah. I mean, I know. I know. Anytime you have an eighty yard touchdown, right, your you know it pads the numbers. I mean, like Calvin Benjamin coming through and catching those two garbage touchdowns makes makes it look great. I'm sure it screwed a lot of people out there as well. But, I mean, yeah, Martavis Bryant, wow. I mean, that's a perfect situation for, like, Antonio Brown. And that's what something like Brandon Cooks be really good for Brandon Cooks and Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham. I guess Jimmy Graham is that big target as well. But even for Jimmy's sake, it'd be nice to get a really good, re- you know, big receiver. Somebody to offset it a little bit, man. Just but, get some coverage rolling. Remember earlier in the year we were thinking Brandon Coleman could possibly be that guy? Oh, God. You know, the undrafted free agent. And there, oh, you know, all the Rutgers, dynasty right? rankings, rookie rankings, he was kind of up there. You know, like he was going like third round, fourth round. And Mike's like, what is everybody doing taking Brandon Coleman? Yeah. I'm like, hey, man, he's got the size. He's going to be good. Nah. Yeah. Is he even, is he on a practice squad maybe? I thought he got released from the practice squad, Ooh. but he might still be there. I'm not, I can't, I can't, I can't claim to be, you know, everybody's practice squad down pat, so. Well, you know, I mean, they come and they go. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good situation to watch for. Uh, but Michael Floyd, again, that's where we started. We got completely off Michael Floyd. But Michael Floyd, where where do you see Michael's Floyd stock? I mean, obviously, if you did your ranking, we did our rankings today, he'd have to be bumped down a couple notches. Yeah, I think he still has a good long-term outlook because I don't think Larry Fitzgerald is going to be there much longer with that contract. I think he's gone after this year. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think his long-term value is still pretty pretty solid. I don't think I'd bump him down too much here in this dynasty format. But, I mean, no. unfortunately for this year, 
you just can't really rely on him very much. I think he's a really good buy low candidate. I mean, I guess, I mean, not. Yeah, if somebody gets down on him here at the end of the year because he's, you know, obviously not producing, he's like the perfect buy low candidate because his situation is going to overnight change once the season's over. And, and both of us do believe that Larry Fitzgerald will be gone. His contract is ridiculous. They just can't afford to keep him. So, yeah, yeah. and I then mean, if he I mean, restructures, and that, and that depends on it, how far they go. Now, Drew Stan, you know, it depends how far they go in the playoffs. But even then, even if they went really far, he'd be like, okay, you know, I, I did what I can here in Arizona. Right. I still see him leaving. I see him, I see him ending up in like New England or yeah. somewhere like I, that. That's what we said, like before the season right. started. I see him in New England, too. Right. I think it's a really good ring chasing. Him. Like, it just, it's like a perfect fit. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was very. I, I was joking, by the way. Uh, so the Rams, <laughs> um, they don't have much on the much to talk about, right? Cut sack, Stacy. Another week was talking about a huge. Dis- me and Mike talked about this when you were here last week. Like, who's like who's a bigger disappointment, Doug Martin or Zach Stacy? And we both said, you know, Zach Stacy by far. That's a tough one, man. I might argue Doug Martin. No, 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 no. We're sorry, Doug Martin, who teased. We did say Doug Martin before. Okay. I apologize, right, but right. I mean Zach Stacy again. This is he's gotten one carry in three weeks. Yeah, it's bad, man. I mean he is done there. His value is almost non-existent. That's the, I mean that's the trouble. Even even when you get a running back um, like Stacy had last year, I mean he was a fifth round draft pick, but he came in and tore it up. Fifth round running backs are so replaceable. It's like. It's almost one of those things where you have to think about selling high in a guy. Yeah, I, after I, one year, and it and it's it's really a balancing act because if you get rid of the guy and he the next year blows up and is and awesome, you can never do it. You're screwed. But if you do, if you don't, you're also screwed because you have an asset that's worth nothing. It's it's hard and it's hard because everybody needs running backs. So we we told you don't want that when it was Doug Martin's like, hey man, this is the most value he'll ever have. You might want to consider something. I can't sell him. He's one of the top running backs in the league and he's his value is so high. Right. Now Doug Martin's different than Zach Stacy. Zach Stacy might have been a prime candidate for yeah, like coming in this off se- after the offseason, hey man, this is a I know he's good, but I see a lot of like question marks here. He was a fifth round pick. Maybe I should kinda sell. But it, it's easy to say in hindsight. It's very easy to say. Because we wouldn't even have this conversation if he's right, he, he had 1,200 yards already. Right. It's hard to pull out, pull the trigger on that thing, oh, man, when you think you have the next sweet running back. It, that's, the, that's the hardest part about it is figuring out when to get, get rid of these guys, sell eye on them. Yeah, and if you go to DynastyNerds.com and read my uh, Week 10 Fantasy Roundup, I actually wrote about Zach Stacy too. And I said, <laughs> I wrote that Doug Martin and Steve Sli- uh, Doug Martin and Zach Stacy are walking hand in hand to go sit at Steve Slayton's table. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Another uh, another one year wonder. Another, yeah, one year wonder. It was on, he was on my team and I did not sell. No, and you were really happy about it. like I I remember you saying specifically you were like, oh man, I got Steve Sl- going into that final next year. Like, oh, I'm good. I got Steve Slayton coming back next year. He rushed for 1,300 yards in Houston. I'm good to go. Boom, Arian Foster's showing up knocking on the door and hashtag two to three year window and it's almost like if you for like dynasty now it might be like a really good strategy is like no matter how good the running back is no matter how good he is after two years or three years like i say lashawn mccoy even who who's been really who's excellent but i mean these guys warm up to excellence as well after like, th- if you get three years out of a running back, a prime numbers, yep, sell. That might be a good thing. 
that maybe when like, you first started talking, I was like, I was like, man, you're crazy. I'm not going to sell it, but that might actually be a good thing. Because I mean, because their value will never be higher, and if you can get somebody young, that's a stud in return I and draft pick. I mean, you could get. Picks, right? I mean, just imagine la- going okay after last year. So say like last year was your year three of studness from Lashawn McCoy. Now, who's having a down year? And we also use Marshawn Lynch's example as well, who's having a great year. Right. But now, who knows what's going to happen with Lynch next year? And Lynch next year might be Lynch's last rotary anyways, you know. But the ransom you could have got for LaShawn McCoy last year, I mean, you're talking like an elite young receiver, some draft picks possibly. I mean, the package that you can make and everything that you could do with that, I mean, it just might see, I mean, me and Mike said that you want to build your team. Everything that happened this year proves why you want to build about around young receivers. Right, right. And, you know, it's not just Zach Stacy's, but even little Sean McCoy's. McCoy's having a down year. And so he might be a good buy low candidate. But, again, the, the fluid, the fluid. Fluidity. Fluidity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> of the running back situation. Just put you in a, it. It just it might be suits you best not long term, but even possibly immediate immediate return. Right, right. I mean, you, you get know? your three, you get your three years. Hopefully, that during that time you get a run at the championship. And, I mean, if you just ride out the storm, chances of your team just falling off the map are pretty good. I mean, everyone's going to get kind of old together, and, and you're going to fall off the map. But if you sell like that one high piece, that one super high running back. I mean, that the, you just you just keep the keep the boat going, you know. You yeah, just I mean, keep, you, it, keep it afloat, man. You just keep going. You you, you load it up with lo- young talent again. And use dynastyers dot com as a guideline. But if you could come, like, if you say you sold Lashawn McCoy last year, like, all right, give me, uh, I don't know, like a, a good young up and coming receiver, uh, or just a good not even up and coming, like a good receiver back. Like, say, okay, give me Alshon Jeffrey, a first round pick. And uh, probably could have got two and, and, and Chris yeah. Ivory, yeah, or something, like you know, that. yeah, like a running back to switch his place. Like, give me Alshon, your first, and Chris Ivory, and I'll give you LaShawn McCoy and like you know, an old receiver or something like that, something right. that you're not gonna start anyways. Nine out of ten times, you know, McCoy's gonna outperform Ivory this year. That doesn't, pro- it's probably not the case. And you get the first round pick and say you got, say it was a later first round pick and you got Kelvin Benjamin, right, out of it. So now all of a sudden, you got Alshon Jeffrey. Kelvin Benjamin, Chris Ivory, or even if you took Carlos Hyde, like to replace down the road, who will probably have a good year next year. You know, it just it, it might be a really smart way. I, it, it might be something I'm gonna have to look into myself about starting to sell some of these running backs after three. Like you, you just tell yourself, okay, man, after three years of excellent, like of top five elite, numbers, right. elite numbers, I'm selling and I'm cashing out and I'm getting the good haul that I could possibly get. And you know, and, and if you go with it, if you go into that plan that ahead you could probably build some good you know to set yourself up for that move you know get get a little bit more running back depth to translate you know tra- offset that because obviously it's hard to do if you don't have anybody to back right, them up right, right. but again if you can get somebody like a chris ivory to fill in or ahmad bradshaw somewhere along those lines or even somebody that we get up like an alfred morris right i was you know i i was i was grinning while you were talking about that because um you know when we first got into the dynasty league you got ladanian tomlinson and I could just never picture you ever trading him with your huge man crush you had on that guy after after three sweet years of having LT. Could you have Could you have gotten rid of him? I told myself how LT is one of my all time <laughs> favorite running backs in the history. And that that and that like 
there's gonna be situations like so like I, as a Browns I knew, fan, I knew you couldn't. You know, if LT was a Brown or like say you know, say all the same, you know, we drafted Terrence West turned into LT. You know, I'm not gonna trade him just because simply because he's a Brown. But yeah, I want to. But I ended up trading LT. Did you at the end of the road? Yeah, I oh, traded LT. Wow. I got uh, Frank Gore for him oh, at the end of the road. Have, I must have missed that. Yeah, I got right cut bait. I, it had to be done. You know, <laughs> I think it was w- right when he went to the Jets is when I, was I did it. Say he was on the Jets, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, but I mean, it's it, it's a it's an interesting strategy. Strategy. Yeah, it, it sounds great in theory. It, it might be kind of hard because a lot of people do get personal attachments to some of these guys, but hey, that, that's part of the, that's part of the fun. But yeah, you do have to detach yourself a little bit and and try to. Try to keep the ball rolling, man. And the easiest position to detach yourself is from is going to be running back. I mean, instead, we've seen it, and, and Juan's, you know, the best example when he had David Wilson, Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch, and Jamal Charles, and somebody else as well. And you're like, and I, I told him over and over, like, why do you ha- trade one of these guys, and specifically David Wilson at the time, and he didn't do it, and it blew up in his face bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember he could have got Jimmy Graham for David Wilson and Torrey Smith. Yeah, that would that would have been a game changer. He told he told him no. It was, yeah. And I remember it was sort of like a first round pick and something too. It was, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, I mean, two to three year window. Hashtag. So I mean, it's something that's something to give you guys something to think about. Let us know. I mean, let me know on Twitter what you guys think about that, or get in the forum on DynastyNerds.com and let us know what you think about that idea. Do you think that idea will work? Do you think it's a bad idea? It it. Have you guys lost all respect for me for this idea? <laughs> but again, I, I mean, I three years. I mean, three years in fantasy football and dy- like that. That's like a lifetime. Of fa- I mean, look at your roster now, and then look at it three years ago. I mean, see how much has changed in that span alone. I actually, would, I did that the other day. I saw a bunch. Of, I mean, like ridiculous players on my team. Like, I mean, I saw Beanie Wells on. I'm like, ah, Beanie. And he was like a centerpiece, you know, like he was like, a, I put him up on like the top of my depth chart like three years ago. He doesn't even fit in that category because he doesn't no. get to three years. Of, no. You know, and obviously yeah, we're talking about like three good years numbers, <laughs> but yeah. No, I'm just saying like looking back at your roster from three years ago is just like, it, it's tough to look at. Sometimes. I started Steve Slate in every game. Yeah, seriously. It's bad, man. He's he's bagging groceries now. <laughs> he was the centerpiece of my championship yeah, run. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? You want to get some uh, Twitter questions here? Sure. All right, let's hit up some Twitter questions. Uh, got offered, and this is, comes from at Jim Montgomery 59. Got offered Antonio Gates, Terrence West, and Ben Tate for Mark Ingram. What do you think? Uh, I actually like the Mark Ingram side of that. I wouldn't. I like the Mark Ingram side yeah. as well, too. That's what I would do. I mean, because, I mean, you're looking at West versus Ingram essentially here. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, and... Antonio Gates is kind of like a throw in for this year, but. That's it, yeah. I, I'm intrigued about what happens. I, I really like Ingram if he resigns in New Orleans, and I have no indication that he won't resign in New Orleans. It's it's in a running back's best interest if they have success somewhere to stay where they're at. And I, I think that's what it's going to be for Ingram's case. I agree, and I hope he does as well because I own shares of Mark Ingram. Yeah, he's helping you be in first place in the Dynasty Nerds Dynasty League. He sure is. All right, moving on. Um, from at Bravo788, what does an ideal 25-man roster look like? i.e., how many wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, thanks. Um, so tw- I, I mean, it depends on what your league starts, um, but naturally. Let's just go typical. I mean, it's a, I'm assuming he has a typical quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, kicker, defense. So put you at eight. Right, right. Um, naturally, I, I, you know, you're going to load up on probably six or seven wide receivers right off the bat. Uh, at least 
two know, defenses. Two defenses. Right. If you get away with if you can get away with holding one kicker, yeah, which is kind of hard to do in dynasty because you, if you have a really good kicker, you're not going to just cut them. Right. Um. So we're at tens. We need fourteen more players between you know running backs and quarterbacks. You usually roster three quarterbacks in dynasty just because of you know future buys. Future you want buys. Stuff usually like it's good. Here's why I like to see it. You want to have your stud quarterback. You want to have a good backup. And then, like, you know, a good third-string young guy. Developmental guy. You always want to keep that developmental guy coming. Yeah. And you want to have – and then when it, we've talked about this before. You're going to build your team slowly through draft, and that's when you take best player available. Don't ever pigeonhole yourself because that's where you start right. to get in trouble. Right. When you start reaching on guys like Bishop Sankey over obvious better talent out there. Um, I mean, it was the offensive line's fault. Ken Wisdom Ken, Ken <laughs> even said so this week. So – I mean, six receivers, six, seven receivers you went on there, and probably, you know, we went around like good, solid, minimum four startable running backs. Yeah, that's going to be tough to pull off for most people. I mean, but ideally, that'd be great. Ideally. And, and then, then some, a, lot yeah, of hand, a lot of backups. Back, that but, you know, you can, yeah, you definitely have room for backups and handcuffs and stuff like that. And I always, I always like to carry a lot of tight ends, too. Oh, me, too. I'm a dra- I mean, we all know my yeah. love of tight ends and how many I – I like to try and draft one every year. I'm always, I'm thing. always, I'm always tinkering with it too. You know, like I always have a spot open on my roster where I can pick up a tight end if he's, if he's coming on. Like I would have loved to pick up Larry Donnell, but I didn't have a, t- I didn't have a spot earlier in the year. But usually, I like to keep a spot open, uh, not necessarily open, but a guy that I can easily cut or move down to a taxi yeah. squad to pick up a guy if he if he gets hot at the tight end position. Because yeah. those are guys that are difference makers. You know, like tight end spot's the biggest yeah. advantage you get over your point. And it all depends on the makeup of your roster. Right. I mean, because you always want to be looking to fill out an ideal, you know, when you get to playoffs, it's not about your depth. It's about the best starting roster. So if you have a, if you have a receiving core of A.J. Green, Jordy Nelson, Antonio Brown, then it's good to have one, you know, one other good receiver possibly. And then a couple of like, you know, guys that aren't, you know, you're going to start those three guys every week. And then maybe you'll have more running backs because you're just wait, looking for that in tight ends because you're looking for that next best thing. So you're going to roster more chances because right. you know you're good at receiver. Right. Where if you're, now if you have like four really good running backs where you have Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, and Alfred Morris, and then your receivers aren't quite as good, then you're going to roster more receivers yeah. because you're Those trying to— Those might be the only four running backs you have on your roster and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to fill in yeah. with, the, with the wide receivers so you have a bunch of guys. So I guess the the answer to the question in my eyes it'd be enough depth where you can kind of you're you're always looking for to build the best ultimate starting roster. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're strong at, you know, minimize that roster spot and you know take more risk at the other position. Like if you, if you don't have a stud tight end and you don't have one of those top tier tight ends, keep drafting tight ends. Oh, keep yeah. adding to your roster because. Always trying to look to get that optimal starting lineup. That's the key. Your starting lineup. We're here to win championships, not to have the best looking team on paper. So, do what you can to build that excellent team. If you have a lot of depth, trade it for another position of need. You know, if you have four start stud starting running backs, there's no need to have four stud starting running backs. Trade those. Draft young running backs in the future. And I mean, that's of all the positions you don't need is four stud. You know. So, you know, a lot of good young, a lot of good running backs. I agree. Yep. So, I mean, you want to have, you want to have your, you know, bases covered. You don't want to like end up with no running backs, but yeah, if you got four, you could probably afford to get rid of one and still be fine. Exactly. And then get something really good for them I mean, cash in, mm-hmm. you know, then if you say, Hey, I need, I need a good tight end. So that, you know, 
it's way easier to get a tight end for a running back than it is maybe like a young receiver. Especially, I mean, especially this time of year, most likely you're through most of your buys. So um, this might be a good time to sell if you have an extra extra running back. Yeah, so that's from Bravo788. Good question here. Um, next one from Kid Diz- Kids Zizzle. Zizzle. Kid D Zizzle. Um, question is, Corderell Patterson versus Michael Floyd. Rest of season and long term. Rest of season and long term is the same answer for me. Me too. Michael Floyd. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost to the point where I've given up hope on Corderell Patterson. Yeah, I, I don't, I haven't given up hope, but I just think Michael Floyd has um, more of what it takes to be a wide receiver one. Yeah, and what I, and what I mean by giving up hope, I mean I still think he has a chance if you could put together. I just don't see him putting together. To me, he just come. This year's shown to me what I've learned from this year about Corderell Patterson is he's a really big athletic talented guy that just can't play football I mean just the smartness of football you know the playbook of the NFL running routes doing what it takes to get open in the NFL he just can't get open in the NFL that stuff can click though I mean absolutely so it's not like a total lost cause you're making it sound like pretty horrible I don't think he's done in the nfl or anything like no that, no but. no not by no no but i'm talking about yeah. fantasy wise and again next year could be that breakout year and, and i'm not really good and that's why i said i'm almost to that point but right. when i watch him when i see it i if you ask me will he get there i'd say no will he get there <laughs> sorry i was a little late you yes said, he you will said no i <laughs> said no okay uh will michael floyd get there i think yes i think yeah so yeah, for me it's an easy question. Yep, me too. Um, from at Hall J Sean John Hall, so that's his name. Uh, when when will Cody Lattimore get his coming out party? Uh, probably about two years. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, probably two years. I'm with you on that one. Uh, he's just got a lot of talent around him. Let's see what happens with Julius. Wes Welker's out the way. You know, he's in my column as well about you know a name that you shouldn't be starting and. You know, Manny Sanders, we'll see how long he can hold off there as well. And when Peyton, What do you mean, hold off? Yeah, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not a big Manny Sanders long-term kind of guy. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Emmanuel Sanders as long as Peyton Manning's tossing him the ball because they have got a pretty good connection. Yeah, so his coming out party is probably 2016. Yeah, because I, I don't think they're going to let either – Julius Thomas or Demarius Thomas go in the offseason. So they might they might sign one and franchise one, which leaves Cat, uh, Cody Latimer pretty much on the bench all again next year. Most likely, yeah. Kind of sprinkled in. I see him some. as a wide receiver three. I see him as a, like Devontae Adams this year. Something that you might be able to like start next year in certain, certain situations, but... Not coming out, yeah. Yeah, 2016, I see him starting, and it's probably with a different quarterback, not Peyton Manning. Oh, that's depressing just to think about. Yeah, even a good die young. Yeah, I have no idea what that. <laughs> I have no idea why that popped in my head yeah. or anything. Yeah. Next question, please. Mm-hmm. From at Joey Yalman. Uh, Joe Yalman here. Can you guys talk about DeAndre Hopkins? Will he be a breakout star next year? Yes. I think he's a breakout star yeah, this year. So do I. So he's going to be even more one next year. Yeah, Joe loved DeAndre Hopkins. Man, he is. One of my favorite young receivers. I love his size. I love his hands. The guy catches everything. Uh, I think he's a top 15 dynasty receiver towards the end of that yeah. 15. I'm but. intrigued to see what Ryan, uh, him and Ryan Mallett um, 
how their chemistry is and everything. It might be a little bit rough here to begin with. Mallet, you know, has the big arm, but he does have some accuracy issues. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that works out for the remainder of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's, what's, that's what Hopkins will be somebody, which he's proven with Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he's going to be good whoever's thrown on the ball. Right. He'll be great when he gets a good quarterback. Well, I think, I think it's indisputable that, you know, Mallet probably has more arm talent than um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just a matter of, of seeing how that fits in the NFL game, that arm talent. So let's see if he has the brain for it. Um, obviously Fitzpatrick's on the other end of the spectrum with the Harvard grad and everything. He's got all brains and kind of a noodle arm. So we'll see how this flip of uh, scene uh, helps or hurts DeAndre Hopkins. It's, uh, yeah, long-term, again, so he's, you know, when will he be a breakout star next year? Or will he be a breakout star next year? I think he's a breakout star this year. I think, yeah, he's already he's already in route uh, for sure, and, if they don't, you know, if Mallet doesn't work out this year, they'll they'll be drafting one fairly early, I would imagine, next year. So okay, this one's from at Spider Scar. Okay. All right, it, we have uh, it's it's three different tweets here, but I'm just go through it. Uh, running backs haven't done well in NFL. Can you discuss what makes Gordon different? If too early, can you save this for a later podcast? Wisconsin running. Oh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin running backs haven't done well in NFL. Again, I'm completely off that, oh, this guy went to this school. He can't be good. Um, most of the times that works for quarterbacks as a product of the system like that. But for I, you know, you just got to look at the player itself. Does he, you know, does he look like he could play in the NFL? It's definitely an individual basis thing, but I, um, I, I'm kind of on board with what he's saying because the Wisconsin uh, running backs, they have a tendency to get huge holes, and, and they're just running to daylight. And it's just not like that in the NFL. It's just not. Wisconsin has, you know, an awesome dominating offensive line every year. They have and, good running backs. And they have good running backs every year because of that. I think, I think don't get me wrong, I mean, Monty Ball does have talent, but I, I didn't like him coming out. No, and, you did not. And, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like I did. And, and it's because of that. I just. The kind of holes that he's seeing in college, he's almost never going to see in the NFL. So what I like about Gordon is his overall ability as a running back. It's not I like his I like his ability in the passing game a lot. I like the way he runs. I like the way he can change directions. I just like him as an athlete. I think he's explosive. I really like Melvin Gordon a lot. And you know some of these you know good running backs are going to pick to go to Wisconsin, knowing that. You know, running backs out of Wisconsin get drafted high. So you can find talent there if they're not getting offers from like schools like Alabama. And again, I guess don't, I would definitely say don't just pigeonhole somebody because they didn't, they went to one certain school. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I, because you made the same case about Alabama. Right. No, I understand. And, and I agree that you can't, you can't just look at the school that I went to, but you do. It makes I it, think it makes you, it I think you do have to factor it in. I mean, at least a little bit. Yeah. When you're, you have to actually look at the tape and see, like, hey, does this transition? And if the guy's gouging defenses with these huge holes, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to gauge whether or not that's going to translate. I'm not saying it can't translate. I'm saying it makes the, you know, the evaluation process tougher. And the big thing, I mean, obviously I don't have all my stuff on Gordon here now because I'm paying attention to, you know, the NFL. I haven't right. dug in deep and all. I, you know, I'm, Gordon's somebody I've, I've been watching, but 
you know, to answer your question, definitely pay attention to all our off-season podcasts because in our off-season podcast, we dig way deeper, so deep right. on these rookies. Right. I mean, we cover these rookies so in depth in the off-season and give you all the information you need about you know when you come time for your rookie draft. If you listen to these podcasts, you'll be the most prepared for that rookie draft that you can possibly be. Uh, we you know we give you all the information, give you our opinions. So pay attention where we have Gordon. You know, because that's going to change from January all the way up until June. And Gordon, I, I'll tell you right now, probably one of those players that sits pretty high consistently. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree with that. But it's going to be, I'm just saying, it makes the evaluation tougher. By, uh, yes. It do, I mean, it, it, does, it does have some factors. Depending on scheme. Okay. You know, but in some you pay attention to, some you don't. You know, every quarterback that went to Hawaii threw for big numbers, you just don't pay attention to that. <laughs> uh, he had one more question here. It says, first year in Dynasty League, zero communication go, is going on. I've message boarded some questions and emailed as well. I'm committed to be the be in the league, but if no one is answering important questions, would it be a jerk to move to jump ship? Um, that seems kind of odd. I I don't know what kind of dynasty league he's in. I mean, I don't. I've. It might be a public league or something, which which is kind of tough. Yeah, I don't. I, it's kind of hard for me to answer that too because I don't like public leagues. I don't either. I don't I, like leagues that you don't know anybody in the league whatsoever right i mean again and that's not and that's, i guess it's, for us it's easier we know a lot of people that are into dynasty fantasy football and fantasy football in general so you know if you can't get a league together yeah you want to join a public league but to answer the question i guess if there's no to answer the question if none of these people are your friends and you don't communicate with any of them outside of your dynasty league and they're refusing to contact you via the dynasty league then no it's not a jerk move to leave no they're being jerked by not, you know, corresponding with you. So I wouldn't too, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you don't know any of these people, they're being, they're the ones being jerks if they're not even answering simple questions about the league to you. So no, I wouldn't feel bad. Not at all. Packing up and leaving after one year if no one's communicating with you. Yeah. I mean, you do this to have fun. So right. if it's a, if you're in a league and you don't like the rules and if you're in a league, and you don't like the people in the league and you feel like you just don't like what's going on in the league and how that's run, get out. There's plenty of other leagues to join on. You can get on DynastyNerds.com, get on our forum. I'm sure there are some people on there help you find a league as well. Um, you can tweet at us. We can always retweet it as well to help you find a league too. But, yeah, definitely, I mean, don't feel bad. I mean, if, if they're not your friends and you just start this league together, I mean, peace out, homie. Right, especially if they're, I mean, if they're ignoring you. I mean, they're, they obviously don't give a crap. So, yeah. get out. So, that answers that question there. Uh, let's see if we have any more questions here real quick. I was I was thinking about if that would be a jerk move or not. I don't think it would be. Uh, yeah, that's all the dynasty questions we have there. So mm -hmm. that's that. Um, let's get back in here to some of uh, what we learned throughout the week. Uh, Seahawks, Giants. You know, Andre Williams caught a ball. Oh, did he? I think so. Wow. Or was it the week before? No, he did. No, two. That's right. One was two for a touchdown. For five right? catch. No, no, it was a twenty. Yards. He had a twenty-yard catch, and then he ran in a touchdown. Two. No, two. Two catches, five yards. Oh. For Andre Williams. Oh, that is the week before. <laughs> But multiple weeks of but catching the ball. multiple weeks of him catching the ball. Like, Amazing. Man, gold star, that guy. Kristen Michael got some carries. I, and he looked impressive. People are saying, you know, Lynch won't be back there next year. Is Kristen Michael still? All I know is if that Kristen Michael hype comes around again, I'm selling. I don't care. I'm selling. I have him in, in the one league. Me too. I have him in the league too. I'm not selling him. I'm selling. I'm not selling. If I can get like a high first round pick for him next year, like you could have this year, I'm selling. I'm not selling. <laughs> yeah, I could tell we're going to agree on this a lot. Maybe yeah. I'll buy from you. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see in the uh, 
we'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, things are going to change. But, I mean, do you think, do you think Lynch is there in 2015? No. I, no. I don't know how he uh, can't be, honestly. I mean, he's the best player on offense. Yeah. I know Russell Wilson's great. It's tough. But Russell Wilson is helped out tremendously by Marshawn Lynch. I agree. They'll probably get something done. A little short term, couple bags of skittles, a little short term thing, man. Keep him, keep him happy. Yeah, I mean, you got, I mean fall off. he's the MVP of that offense. I'm sorry, I agree. So, uh, um, flipping sides here to the New Giants. York G men. Yeah. Um, what about that Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> wow, looked awesome. Did you watch any of that game? Yeah, and he does. He did look great. I mean, he just. He looks like he was advertised in the beginning yeah, of the year. I mean, really and it kind of was easy to get down on him just because he was hurt all year long and didn't play with that tight hammy. And we always know those hamstring injuries are like that can be lingering for a long time. But he looks like one of those guys. He's he's definitely on track to be a wide receiver one. Yeah, he just like hit him and hit the ground running, man. As soon as he hit the field, he he just looks like he's playing at a different speed. He's like one of those type of guys that in and out of his breaks, he he doesn't lose speed. And he looks amazing. I mean, he he was, excuse me, he was uh, juking out uh, Richard Sherman yes. on several occasions. Yes. Just, I mean, just too quick for the for the big Richard Sir- Sherman to, like, stick with. Um, it looked great, man. Caught, he, caught he, the ball really yeah, well. Yeah, like you said, he's already running really good routes. He's really good in out of his breaks, like you said. He's got good hands. He's just somebody that I see is when he gets to learn the NFL even better, like three years from now, like, look out. Yeah, I, agree. I see that. I mean, I said, you know, even Jordan Matthews on Monday night, mm-hmm. he looked, he had a great game, great breakout game. Right. And actually, just to touch on that, I mean, him and Mark, Mark Sanchez has have, have, have had great chemistry going all the way back to the preseason. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you might be able to count on that a little bit more than you were in the, you know, weeks before he got in. Look what happened. Sanchez comes in, Macklin numbers dip, Matthews numbers rise. Right. And a blowout nonetheless either. Right. Exactly. And, yeah, so yeah, I mean, back to Odell Beckham. I mean, again, we said in the beginning of the the podcast. I love, I like these guys. You know, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans. Another big game. I mean, this is going to be a receiver class that we talk. I mean, ten years from now, if we're still doing this podcast, yeah, we'll be talking about. You know, as all these guys are at the end of their career. Oh, remember the Sammy Watkins, uh, Mike Evans, yeah. Jordan Matthews, Odell and, Beckham. And they're all like, oh, they're. I can't believe how many people are Hall of Famers. I, I know. know. Man. You know, I mean. Jordan Matthews, Mike Evans, nobody's nobody looks bust yet. Which I know it's only we're in week ten oh, of the yeah, rookie it's still year. Early. It's still there. But it's like they look some of these guys look better than you could hope for. Because we were like, some of these guys are gonna be a bust. It's just oh, yeah. you know, Devontae Adams, love what I see. Dante Moncrief, I'm still I hold high hopes for. Kelvin, you know, Benjamin's gonna be a touchdown machine for a while. Evans looks like a true wide receiver one. Yep. Sammy Watkins, a wide receiver one. Jordan Matthews looks great. Brandon Cooks looks great. These guys all look great. And Odell Beckham, you know, who's one of the highest drafted people in the NFL, wide receiver-wise, looks right up there with yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, even guys that we were like, oh, you should take a flyer on, like Martavis Bryant looking awesome. Like like third round, you know, we were like, oh, take a, take a shot on this guy. John Brown. John Brown, yep. Fantasy, you know, receivers. And there will be somebody else out of this class that steps up two oh, yeah. years from now. And, yeah, two, two in the second or third year, for sure. So maybe it'll be Brandon Coleman. Hey, <laughs> who? That's what we're gonna be saying. Two to three years. <laughs> you go back and look at those rookie drafts, and you're like, "Who are these people?" <laughs> uh, Broncos, Raiders. You know, Derek Carr is the bright's only bright spot on the Raiders. Even Latavius Murray got some carry. There's no future running back there. 
Andre Holmes is their best option at receiver who has a future as the team builds. But I do I do like Derek Carr. I don't, the more I, I see him every week, yeah. I think he has really good long-term value for definitely being the fourth quarterback taken in this dynasty draft. Right, right. He could easily, I could see him now being the best quarterback out of this draft of what if the Raiders can smartly build talent around him and put him in a position to succeed, which I don't see any reason why they won't. Other than they are the Raiders. They will try. They'll I see try. they will try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love, okay, love's a strong word. I like a lot what I see out of Derek Carr. He looks like he can function in the NFL. He I looks think. like a cube. Uh, yeah. He looks like a starting legitimate NFL quarterback. I, agree. I mean, I don't think I feel like up. Bortles has regressed a little bit, you know, with his like, he came on hot. His decision making, right. and it's just. People are starting to get tape on him, and I think they're, you know, they're figuring out what he does pretty quickly. But uh, they're rookie they, quarterbacks. Right. So I don't judge. Right, right. You know, I'll talk about them in three years from now, but I feel like. Car's a little bit ahead of the curve. Yeah, already. I agree. He didn't have the best game ever this past week, but you know, it's a lot of pressure going against Peyton Manning and the um, Denver Broncos trying to keep up with them. So. You know, um, Falcons, Bucks. I mean, we'll try and get, get through these a little bit faster here. Too. Steven Jackson's kind of had a pretty solid minor resurgence. Last, right? yeah, yeah, he's looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, he's yeah. he's a startable running back too at this point. Yeah. Um, you got Julio, you got Roddy. I mean. That's the future there. We'll, you know, again, we'll, we'll see where they stand next year with Devontae Freeman. Still criminal. They got to build that offensive line. Will they use that guy? But all right, hey, man, that's your guy. I know. We'll see. It. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Buccaneers again. We talked about Mike Evans. Really starting to come on strong here. Him and McGow- Him and McCown should do pretty well together because he fits exactly what McCown wants to do. I mean, Vincent Jackson's again. He's somebody at the end of the line here he's not somebody i'm surprised they didn't trade that guy to be honest at the trade deadline i'm surprised that if you have him in your dynasty roster you're not trying to trade him well his value can't get much he's a wide receiver four yeah at best yeah right i mean you should not be starting vincent jackson at this point at all it's not in your best interest i mean and now mike evans i mean his he's really starting to come on strong here i think he's gonna i think he i think five years from now mike evans gonna be one of those guys that we're talking about like Julio Jones. Oh, I agree. Yeah, he's. I mean, I think we thought that the entire time. Like he's just an amazing talent. You know, Jets, Steelers, uh, quarterback of the future is probably not on the roster for the Jets. Martavis Bryant, we hit on. Yep. I mean, Steelers are really a really good fantasy roster. I mean, you want that. You want those pieces of the pie. Yeah, it's another team that you want to be. Yeah, you want to have a lot of shares. Yep. Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown. Heck, even want a Marcus Wheaton share, go Le'Veon Bell. Real interested to see what they do this year in tight end in the offseason. Because if they can get, if they say, like, I have no idea who the top tight ends in the nation are at this point, but. Yeah, uh, neither do I. I'd like to see what they, like, you know, we talked about earlier about, oh, I'd like to get tight end shares. I'd be real intrigued, like, if they take a tight end in the third, fourth round. Kind of like who, the, you know what I mean? I'm going to be paying attention because, again, real good offense. Real good system they're running. Everybody's finding success. The only big, re- the only big receiver they have is Martavis Bryant. Let's see what they do with tight end in the offseason. I'm going to follow that situation closely. I agree. I think that I think next year is the time for them to to get a young guy in there and you know maybe learn from Heath for one year and then you know they'll probably move on. Uh, Percy Harvin is he back with the Jets next year? Uh, 
What is this contract situation? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It, he is not guaranteed next year. It's a team option of like oh, and 11 since million they traded, or something like that. Since they traded for him, nothing will accelerate, so they can trade him. They can cut bait. For, they can cut bait. For nothing. Basically. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Nah, I mean, it's such an unknown because that whole place is going to get cleared out. Better question. Is Geno Smith the starting quarterback no, next year? I don't think so. I think I think that that ship has sailed. I think that whole thing is getting cleared out. I don't know if the general manager is going to go or not, but the head coach is. I think they're for sure getting a new head coach, and they'll and probably bring in their quarterback. They're going to draft a young guy again. They'll, they'll yeah. like. I honestly think they'll either have Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota as quarterback next year. That's my feelings on it. I could see that. And then whoever they don't have, Tampa Bay's on the other one. I, I I don't see how Winston could survive in New York. So hopefully it's Mariota. Chiefs, Bills, nothing really crazy there. Nothing, hit on. yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Dolphins, Lions, Calvin's back. And we all saw, you know, when Calvin's healthy, if you got, if somehow you bought low on Calvin while he was hurt, great buy. He shows you when he plays why he's the number one overall fantasy receiver in 2014. He's unstoppable. He's a beast. As Calvin goes, Stafford goes. And uh, it was good to see that you could still start uh, Golden Tate as well. That's a great, that's a great point. I mean, because you you're, you can go into your worry like, oh, is this going to hurt Golden Tate now? Which it will from the numbers that Golden Tate was putting oh, up. Oh yeah, he was putting up you know bona fide wide receiver one numbers. But when you got a double cover, right? Calvin, it's going to give more opportunity for Golden Tate as long as Stafford looks that way. Uh, it's going to help the running backs. Joyke Bell looked you know good. Yeah, yeah, nice power run there. Reggie Bush is hurt again. Another guy that, you know, we we're, we're talking about guys who will be irrelevant, irrelevant next year running backs. So there's a question that we went through. You weren't here. And we went through a long list of every team of the court running backs that would be irrelevant, and it was a long list. And when we got to Reggie Bush, I said, probably not, but there's a chance. He was the only one I said that about, too. But, I mean, he comes back, he gets hurt again. I think Reggie Bush, I honestly think he's done. His best days were obviously, you know, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, that was obvious. But I'm yeah, talking, yeah. I'm talking done. Like yeah. fantasy, like fantasy wise, I'm I really think he is done. Well, they already started phasing him out this year, so I mean, I could see him completely done there, and you know, them not even keeping him on the roster, and and who knows once he gets the open market. You know, Mike Wallace has regressed a little bit. I'm never a huge Mike Wallace fan to begin with. Uh, he will always be hit and miss in my eyes. Tannehill has been kind of hit and miss this year as well. He's looked really good. He's looked average at times as well, and then Lamar Miller. He got banged up, so I'm not going to hold anything against him. Because for the most part, Lamar Miller's looked pretty good this year. Yeah, he has. He has looked pretty good. Um, and they went as far as to sign Michael James off the practice squad. So there well, might be Miller's some, banged up. Right. I was going to say there might be some concern over how much of the load he can actually carry. That being Lamar Miller. So, Cowboys, Jaguars. Tony Romo got through the game healthy. Yeah, yeah. He took a couple hits. One one time he got up, kind of like uh, looking like you you know felt it a little bit, but. I'm sure he was injected with all sorts of painkillers. Terrence Williams. Um, I say Terrence Williams. You say, um, uh, yeah, like wide receiver four. Like you can't really rely on him right now. Yeah, he's somebody that I was big on earlier in the year. I thought he'd be really good, but I think he best fits their system as a wide receiver three instead of two, which would make him a wide receiver four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrence Williams is going to have his best games when Dallas's all systems go, which is most likely going to be early in the season. Like we saw, he had good numbers earlier in the season. As the season progresses, he'll significantly get 
worse. Kinda I mean, kind of is what he is. You know, it's somebody that you could spot start, but he'll never be somebody you really want to. The games that start. the games that Terrence Williams, you know, has big games is when the defense completely commits to stopping Des Bryant, double double, and sometimes triple covering him, and just leaving Terrence Williams all by himself. That's when he's going to have big games, and it's really kind of hard to tell when a defense is going to completely commit commit to stopping Des Bryant. True story. So, because even when they do, he still beats them. Sad news. Yeah. One of our favorite young receivers who we didn't even mention when we were hyping up all these receivers, Allen Robinson, oh, out for the rest of the year, fractured foot. Yeah, it's, uh, shame. He was looking good. Yeah, you definitely look good. Um, I mean, these are this is something that you know it's become more common. It seems like in wide receivers uh, recently, a broken foot type of thing. So uh, lots of guys come back from it. It's not like going to be a long term issue. Hopefully, so I, I you know I don't think it affects his long term value. And I thought I think we saw enough this year that. We know that he can. He's gonna be, be a, good. Yeah, that he can be good. Buy lo- if you can buy somehow. Yeah. If somehow this benefits you whatsoever, and you can buy, not obviously right away, but if you could buy this year on Allen Robinson, buy, buy, buy. He he looks like he to me he could be a number one wide receiver in the NFL. I agree. I agree. Uh, this is gonna help Allen Hearns for this year. Yep. And we'll see with Marquise Lee if that guy can stay. You know, Marquise Lee is something I'm not really kind of. I've soured on him pretty. Yeah, I just Pretty I don't badly. think he I don't think he has it uh, the heart, which is kind of you know sucks to like question somebody's heart, but I just don't think he has it. Yeah, he's definitely the cowardly lion of the NFL, right? So, um, Forty Nine ers Saints Carlos, you know Carlos Hyde had a nice run there. He is definitely somebody I'm really big on. Twenty fifteen, he's somebody I think like he's gonna put up really. I just think he's gonna put up really good numbers in twenty fifteen. I it, he's somebody that you know I've said he was the number one rookie running back this year. I had on my board. He's somebody I really liked in college. I think in 2015, I think Hyde is going to be the number one running back there. He's going to he's going to be anytime you have Colin Kaepernick as your quarterback, I always think he'll be a run first offense, and I think that's what he's going to do. And I think he's going to have a really good year next year. And he's somebody again. You're not going to be able to buy low on Carlos Hyde. Somebody wasted you know spent a good draft pick, but if somehow you can obtain Carlos Hyde, I think there's a strong chance next year that he finishes bar staying healthy as a top eight to ten fantasy running back. And he'll get better. Like he'll be somebody. He might fit in that category. Like all right, soon you know, next year is gonna be a good year. The year after that, it'll probably be a better year. And then it'll really hit a stride. And then so maybe after next year, maybe try that idea of the three year window. Right, right. I agree. I I think. I mean, like we've said, uh, you know, half a dozen times or so. I think him and Frank Gore are very comparable. Um, have very comparable running styles, and I think Gore is obviously right at the end of the line here. And it's just a matter of time before they transition him out. And I think Carlos Hyde will just slide right in. And Frank Gore was putting up pretty decent numbers, you know, last year. And, uh, you know, more importantly, the year before that. Um, And I think Carlos Hyde can perform up to that level for sure. Okay. We talked about the Saints already, about that situation, everything going on with the Saints. Mark Ingram, you know. We talked about him. Looking good. Cooks talked about him. Uh, Colson talked about him. Nothing to say about Jimmy and Drew Brees. Yeah. You know, elite, elite guys at their position. Absolutely. Uh, Titans and the Ravens didn't really learn much of this game. It did show me that Bishop Sankey will always be a middle, uh, not always, but I mean, somebody who I was really down on, I actually liked what I saw out of him on this game, I guess is a hard way to put it, you know. The hard way to put it. I don't know. It's, it's a way to put it. I don't mm-hmm. know how hard it is to put it that way, but you I'm going to put it that way. You can do it. <laughs> Thanks, Rob Schneider. <laughs> uh, 
But, I mean, Bishop Sankey, I, again, I, I'm still, with Bishop Sankey, here we are, week 10, I'm still at the same point where I was on him preseason, where I always think he'll just be like a middle-of-the-road running back. Something that you, a running back too. Yeah, I agree. That you feel, uh, that you feel comfortable putting in there. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I thought, obviously, he'd be getting way more attempts than, than he actually is. I mean, 17 carries for 58 yards. Not a great average either. And, and uh, I mean, it seemed like, even Ken Wisenhunt said that, you know, the offensive line was playing great at the beginning of the game and he was hitting some pretty good holes and, you know, making some decent runs. And then the offensive line kind of wore down as the game went on. So, I mean, he'll, his production went down. He'll be a production back where right. the more he's going to need to carry volume back. You know, Jamal Charles, you can give Jamal Charles, Charles, Jamal Charles, you can give 11 carries and you can come away with a touchdown in 100 yards. Charles in charge. Scott <laughs> uh, so, so, Bishop Ranky did manage, Bishop Ranky manage to throw, you know, or he caught th- uh, three passes for 19 yards. And that's not, years. and I never had an issue with him catching the ball, right, but right. And next year is going to be a, probably a much better year for Bishop Ranky. And he's, but to me, he'll always be a production guy. Like if, if, if Bishop is getting, 20 carries, I like him. Yeah. You know, if he's getting 25 carries, I really like him. Yeah. If he's getting 15 25, carries, yeah. he's going to be a middle of the road running back. If he's getting 20, 25 carries and an, an extra five, you know, passes, that's, he's going he's gonna to perform pretty decently. Mm-hmm. He's probably never going to be like a huge touchdown guy. Mm-hmm. At least it doesn't seem like. No. Not unless they build a lot of talent around there. Right. Uh, and then finally, the Eagles, the Panthers. I don't even want to talk about the Eagles defense. It killed me in too many leagues. How is it that I faced the Eagles in three different leagues? What is going? Uh, How did you face him in three leagues, and then I faced him and lost to him also? Well, it helps that I'm in ten leagues, and you're not in ten leagues. Oh yeah, good point. I know you faced him in the league. Yep, and I lost. It was and awesome. And I lost in every league I faced him in as well. well again, I was up. I uh, no, I said I'm not talking about it. Yep, that's right. Trap trying to squeeze it out of me, man. It was only. <laughs> It was only nine sacks. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're not talking about two defensive touchdowns, here. two interceptions, and a fumble. Let's talk about Cam Newton for just. A, I mean, I know we gotta get out of here soon, but Cam Newton. Oh, and but it's not to me. It's not Cam's fault. They got Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin, and Kelvin Benjamin's like more of like run deep, catch the ball in the end zone kind of guy right now. And that offensive line is absolutely terrible. Could be the worst offense. I mean, them in Atlanta are you know, going toe-to-toe on a worse offensive line. And at this point, you almost have to say Carolina. I mean, they got manhandled there. They're terrible. They look, they, yeah. Their running game is terrible. They're bad, man. Maybe Cam Luton's a buy-low kind of guy. I don't think anyone's ready to sell that guy. You never know. You, you never know. You never know. Um, I'll sell you Cam Newton. I'll take him. I don't have him. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, I hate everything about Carolina's situation right now. I just, you know. Kelvin's going to be good because they're going to be behind and they're going to be throwing the ball up, chucking it, and he's going to catch it. Greg Olson's her best route runner, best option in the receiving game. Pay attention to who they add. They still need, like, they still need, like, a number one elite. Not, Kelvin's has a, the body type of potential to be, like, a number one receiver, but they need a number one, like, fantasy receiver wise. But they need a wide, a true wide receiver in that. And offense. Are you kind of getting what I'm saying? We're to offset Kelvin Benjamin, somebody that runs really good routes. Uh, so. Yes, I know what you're saying, and um, Steve Smith probably would look pretty good. Really good. <laughs> they need like a Steve Smith. There. <laughs> a Randall Cobb would do really good across 
you know, I like I like Cobb in that situation. Right, right. They need running backs. That's not a hard position to fill. Um, they can easily get somebody in the offseason. and but they really have they really 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 have to try a style offensive line. Yeah, it's it's awful, man. We knew it was bad going the season. The whole the whole offensive line retired. Right, like seriously, <laughs> like three or four guys, three yeah. guys retired, and and. So, yeah, they like. Yeah, they they, they. I think only one guy returned. Yeah, one week. guy retired and bought a boat, and one guy's like, "Wow, that's a nice boat." <laughs> I like boats. <laughs> I like boats. Can I come on your boat? Nah, man. Nah, man, get your own boat. All right, I'm a guy. I guess I'll retire too and get a boat. Then the third guy's like, "I don't like working." <laughs> so yeah, it's I it's, miss it, you guys. It's, it's a bad situation over there in offensive line. They got to address that. Um, I'm staying away from Cam Newton for the rest of the year. Still love him long term. Still like Kelvin long term. Uh, Greg Olson, I like for about two more years. We talked about it last week, but that's all I really like about Carolina. Yep. This year, I think the only option you have is Greg Olson and Kelvin. Uh, as far as the Eagles go, Mark Sanchez, long term val- dynasty value. Um, that's really hard to pin down because. Who knows who they're going to commit to? I mean, if he keeps playing well, I mean, he's obviously going to make a strong case. A lot to, of people say he fits the system better than Nick Foles. Uh, yeah, that's what a lot of people say, but not, I'm not buying it. The coach is the only person that matters, not any of the other people that are saying that. I read. I I just think Chip Kelly's the kind of coach that you could you could get any decent quarterback there, and they're going to look great. I re, I mean, fantasy wise numbers, but even Sanchez, like they put up a big game. His his numbers weren't too crazy. You know, he had two touchdowns. Uh, for 300 yards. 300 right? yards. I mean, they're good numbers, but they weren't like, oh, my God, you know, Sanchez. Right. right. He's and we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, Sanchez in, in New York, they were such a run-dominant team, it's hard to tell exactly what they had in them. So this might be nice. You know, you knows, you might just need to be in a different kind of system like this. So Here's the best way to look at it. Will Sanchez get you to the point? Where when I say the name Mark Sanchez, you don't think of the word but the name the word butt fumble. <laughs> no, because if you say I'll Mark always... Sanchez to me right now, I'm gonna say butt fumble. That's all I, I'm gonna remember as well. If he went, but now if he now if he went, nah, yeah, I'd still think butt fumble. It doesn't gonna, matter if he, he went to like, the Super Bowl yeah. this year. I'd still be like, oh, you won the Super Bowl, butt fumbler. Butt fumble won the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, sounds like I get on iTunes. <laughs> sounds like a hit. Hell yeah. Um, Next week, I mean, he went to like a- 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 like back to back AFC Championship games, and we still just think of butt fumble. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's gonna be hard to erase. Yeah, so I I don't see Sanchez as you know because if if he leaves the Eagles, I don't like him. If he stays with the Eagles, he's the future of the quarterback. He's the future quarterback there. Then obviously he has fantasy value going forward as a really good QB two, low end QB one, maybe even better than that. If he gets better in that system again, that system just you know the, how off, how fast it runs. It's the fastest run you know offense in the NFL. You know the Browns are second fastest, and they beat they're they're ahead of them by two set three three seconds, I believe. And because I think they're running like twenty two a play every twenty two point nine seconds, I think it was. And it's just it's just it's a system for quarterbacks to find success and so if he's right. the future you just, I mean, you're running yes. more plays obviously there's more chances of doing you know doing it putting up stats um doing it and doing it and doing it well mm-hmm. so yeah i mean cause I know, you're you know we're gonna get inundated with a lot of those questions like is mark sanchez worth buying is he worth training for is he worth starting as long as he's behind center and fill again and just because he did it this week 
I want to see him do it for three more games in a I, row. I was going to say he's worth picking up. I don't think he's worth trading for. I don't think he's worth, you know, any long-term, nothing. He's worth for picking up for this year for a championship run, and that's it. And LaShawn McCoy's having a bad year. Yeah. Get better soon. LaShawn McCoy? Mm-hmm. You think it'll get better soon? I hope so. Oh, I hope so, too, but I don't I'm know fan. that it's going to. <laughs> Seems like it's going to be an up-and-down season for him. Yeah, we'll see how he goes next year. They don't seem to have it figured out. I don't know if it's offensive line hasn't come together. Darren Sproles came in and kind of is stealing some of his magic, um, which he is. But um, I don't know. It's it's a tough year for LaShawn McCoy owners because I know everyone drafted him high. I'm an owner. Redraft or had high hopes for him. I'm a dynasty uh, owner. I'm a redraft owner. He's uh, part of the the sorrow. the down year, but uh, right. yeah, that's our uh, dynasty week in review. One one last note on that game: don't get fooled by Brent Selleck's eight catch, one hundred sixteen yards, and and you know don't get fooled. I didn't even think I'd have to talk week. about that to tell much. Hey, but you never know. You know, you look at it and the stats pop up, and you could think, hey, what the heck? Hey, should I trade Zach Rich for Brent Selleck? Right. Don't you just had eight catches for. Mm, don't be fooled by that. Mm, eh, there are people out there that get fooled by numbers. Exactly. Is this his breakout performance? No. No. <laughs> no. It's his breakout game of the year. Yep, that's it. He it's just, his game of the year. He just blew his wad. I want to thank everybody that got on iTunes this week and gave us a rating and gave us a review. I really appreciate it. Uh, we do have a couple thousand of you guys out there that listen. So for the two guys that did go out there and did us a favor and gave us a ranking review, I thank you very much. Everybody that has done it, I thank you very much. And if you do have time, uh, again, it's just a way to help us get our podcast out there to more people. If you can get on iTunes, give us a ranking. Give us a review. Tell your friends about it. It's a great Christmas present. You know? Hey, guys. Yeah. When grandma opens her present and it's a piece of paper and it says Dynasty Nerds Podcast, she, what is this? And Thank me later, grandma. Thank me later when you're winning championships, yeah. grandma. Yes. When your ears are shed in tears of joy, <laughs> thank me for what I've laid upon you. That's a weird visual. Yes. When you are <laughs> learning so much about these rookies in the offseason yeah. and the importance of their dynasty value. For long-term success. And in the in-season commentary is oh, so delightful. So delightful. We thank you guys. We thank everybody that listens. And if you don't get on there because, you know, you're like, hey, I don't care what these guys say. I'm not taking two seconds of my day and doing this. We still thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. But anyway. if you could do it, we'd thank you a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, But thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for getting to the site every day. Thanks for reading articles. And thanks uh, for being fans. If you got any questions, we're no longer going to do for the rest of the season a sit-start episode. We just feel like it's better to hit us up on Twitter because uh, everything's just it's just better on Twitter that way. So, Or our forum. So get on DynastyNerds.com. We'll answer all your sit-start questions. And definitely hit me up on Twitter at DynastyRich. I'm at DynastyMatt. And, of course, we have the site at DynastyNerds. They answer questions, too. Right on. But until then, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, you guys all come out of week 11, a winner. We're getting close to the playoffs here. It's getting down to crunch time, man. Yes. Three more weeks. Yep. So, it's a nitty-gritty. Some of us are out of it. Some of us are in it. You're either a contender or a pretender at this point. Yeah. So, hopefully, uh, next week, we're all pretending to be winners. (laughs) Hopefully, we just really are. I got to get out of here, man. Yep. Let's go. I'm going stir-crazy. All right, man. So, guys, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Ready, set, put on. Oh, <laughs>
Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.